omgyes.com does large-scale, peer-reviewed scientific research about what's sexually pleasurable for people with vulvas. And then they turn those findings into beautiful videos and animations so that you can put it all to use, alone or with a partner. Stay curious and check out omgyes.com today. And you can get a $10 discount on a newly released season two by going to omgyes.com slash query. Yes. This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cammie here. This week's episode is a chat with Soak, this awesome musician out of Northern Ireland who was in LA playing some shows. And um, anyway, I love this conversation. I hope you love it. And if you bought tickets to come see me in New York, I'll see you very soon. I'll see you next week. Um, And if you didn't buy tickets yet to see me in New York, I'm so sorry because there are 10 sold out shows, 10 sold out shows. So follow me on all of the socials. You will get information the next time I'm in New York. Enjoy. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on. Darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless. Hello. Hi. You feeling better? Yeah, Phil, cool. Ready to go? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, on this show, I always have folks, oh, is that, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I was do you want to pull it down a little yeah, more? Yeah, I felt a bit high. Yeah, that's okay. I'm also going to put, I, I sit on my knee all, or my leg all the time. I don't know, because I'm kind of a short person. It makes me yeah. feel tall when I go to like me a too. restaurant or something. Yeah. You know? But then I realize I'm g- giving myself a children's booster seat out of my own leg. It's, that's, yeah. not, that's not actually what I'm a tall familiar. person is. A tall person doesn't really need to do that. <laughs> no, they've got their own booster seat. They've got their own booster seat, yeah. which is their their uh, their body. Um <laughs> How are you? On my on my show, I always have folks introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm Bridie. I perform as Soak. Um, I write sensitive, sad, sometimes songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, it's a strong intro. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I think that's great. You were just, uh, you just had a, a show in LA uh, like last week. Yeah. Tonight, like last Tuesday, right? Yeah. Uh, because I couldn't go because I have a I have a show of my own on Tuesday nights. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> how was it? It was really fun, yeah. People danced, which is new for me. Oh, so. cool. Yeah, it was really fun. How many times have you performed in L.A.? Um, quite a f- maybe like five or six times. Yeah. A couple. Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel like a good place to play music? Yeah. Is people it? People are, um, I feel like people are quite enthusiastic here. So they laugh a bit more when I talk, which is... Like good for my ego. Really, that's interesting because yeah. this is like actually not a great, uh, great city for comedy. Oh, really? Yeah, not so much because I feel like maybe it's just like a different type of attention span for what people are looking for when they go out here. Yeah. Uh, like there are a lot of places that are really great for stand-up comedy. <laughs> LA is like not always it's my harder. favorite. Yeah, I yeah. think so. A lot of people are in the industry and they're like. Pfft, you know, fine. <laughs> Whatever. Fine. Fine. I guess Good, you're funny. Fine joke, but, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I am But I think, but I've been to enough shows here, like music shows, to know that it can be like a cool, a cool vibe for yeah. that. Yeah, I had fun. I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel nerve-wracking 
Because you are from, you live right now currently in... Manchester. Manchester. Yeah. Does it feel like a lot of pressure if you're coming over here? Um, I'm always, like, to get the opportunity to come here feels really exciting every time. Because it's, like, America and, like, in my brain it's so, like, cinema. So when <laughs> I come here I'm like, I just get really excited to look at things. Which sounds boring, but, like, I don't know, to walk around Hollywood is quite... I feel like I'm in a movie or that I get to go to Whole Foods, which doesn't really exist <laughs> in the UK. And it feels like I'm living like a god, which is like really exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when you come to Los Angeles, you, you are in a movie because <laughs> so many movies were shot here. Exactly. That the whole city, like when I moved here, I'm from Chicago originally. When I moved here, I, was, I had that same feeling like, oh, my God, everything here looks like a movie. And then I realized, no, m- Movies actually look like here. Yeah. Like I th- <laughs> like that's tries. like that's but but that's because this is where everything is shot. So yeah. like even the lighting and the way um uh like the sky looks and stuff is yeah. something that I've been watching my entire life and then I moved here and and uh and realized for the first time that it was that it was real, that yeah. it existed. It, it was like pretend. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't pretend. <laughs> How's Manchester? It's cool. Um I lived there for like a year and a half now. And before that I lived in quite a rural area in Ireland. So I guess I was really used to not having a lot of amenities near me. Like where I live in Manchester, I can I really like sushi. This is quite food based already, but I really like sushi and I like to. I know I like to eat lots of different stuff. Then in Manchester, I can like get it in like three seconds. I can go to shows and get a train and stuff like that. And I couldn't do that before, so it's really fun. All my friends live there. We live above a fried chicken shop. Which that is, sounds smelly. Yeah, really smelly. I live like right beside my room's right beside the vent, so Perfect. I'm like prime ideal area for it. Yeah, the best. Um, yeah, it's fun. I have a good time. Rural is that, and that's where you're from. Is that where you like grew up? The, uh, the place you moved from. This yeah, rural Ireland. Yeah. that's where you grew up. It's called Derry. Oh, sure. The yeah, place. there's like there's a show about it now called Derry Girls. On Netflix. Oh. Yeah. I haven't even seen it yet. Yeah. Is it exactly A lot, your a lot life? of people tell me about it, so sure. I'm like, I feel like I have to reference it. Right. It's, um, yeah, it's about where I'm from, but like 30 years ago. So what is it like where you're from? It's cool. Um, I had like a really fun upbringing there, like really safe. Could kind of do what we wanted to do without getting in trouble, which is always good. What does um, that mean? That can mean anything. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, <laughs> I guess like... I don't really recall ever getting in trouble for stuff there. Like, we could we set off fireworks kind of in the town before, like, quite central, and it was fine. And, like, we used to do a lot of underage drinking and things like that and not really getting in trouble. So we had, like, it was really safe and also quite free. When you say rural, do you mean, like, ta- do you mean, like, farms? No. F- well, I mean, the actual, like, city centre, I said it's small, but in relation to a lot of places, it's probably not that small. It's, like, 200,000 people okay. as a town. Yeah. It's reasonable. Yeah. And yeah, it's cool. It's like it's really nice. It was city of culture before. It's like got a lot going on for it. It's quite artistic. But if you go like five minutes out of the town, you're in a farm. And where are you from? City center or right outside? City center-ish. Yeah, on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about all that because I'm trying to imagine. Uh, you know, I didn't grow up in. I grew up in like the suburbs of Chicago. Then I lived in Boston for a while, which is where I started doing comedy. And when I was, when I started doing comedy, I lived like, uh, very close to like all the venues where that would happen. It was pretty easy to make the transition into launching a career. And then when I moved 
to back to Chicago from there. I moved downtown. So it was like everything was very close. I'm trying yeah. to imagine um, like launching a music career yeah. in a smaller place. Like where would you play? Um, there's like typically in Ireland, there's a lot of bars and pubs everywhere. Like sure. it's very common, but they're not all really like most are Irish bars. And then there's a couple of like art, artsy kind of bars, I guess. And there was two main ones that I would go between to play shows when I was young. One's called Santino's and one's called Bennigan's. And like, that's it. They're like five months apart. And I just played open mics there at the start or like supported bigger artists and played like 100 people max was the kind of vibe. And you started pretty young. Yeah. Like what age? Uh, Would you have been playing mics and stuff like that? I, I was, I started in bands, but like DIY, like makeshift bands with my friends. One was called, that's what she said. Uh, one was called Peeing in the Dark. So very, difficult <laughs> very unique. To do. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we started doing shows like that when we were kids. And then I started writing songs and playing them as my own when I was like 14, 15. Yeah, what does we, when we were kids mean? Well, I mean like 13, like minus two years. That is, uh, <laughs> that is a young band. It is pretty young. A band of 13-year-olds is a young band. <laughs> yeah, people looked at us kind of strange when we played, but we had fun. Yeah, I don't know if I did anything <laughs> when I was 13 that I... I don't know that like I mean I played sports. I don't I don't know that I did anything that I would have wanted to stick with yeah. long term. At that point I didn't think I was ever gonna it wasn't like my plan or anything. I just liked ever living at that point and that was it. <laughs> and then everything kind of accidentally became, I guess. Well how how accidentally? Well, like I I really I want always wanted to be in a band and even now I'm like wish I kinda started in a band as opposed to a solo artist with the band. By yourself, yeah. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I was in all these bands, and then they fizzled out or whatever, and I still wanted to do it. So the only way to do it was to do it myself. And then I recorded songs in my bedroom and sent them off to, like, I always imagine, it, like, I'm a kind of, like, creepily, like, 14-year-old, like, oh, I have to send it to everyone. And I made, like, all these demos and posted them to all these radio stations and put them online and kind of, like, was really forceful. I was like, please listen to it. It's really good. And um, and some people got back to me and I got some radio play and kind of from one or two radio plays, everything kind of was a domino effect from there. And I was just really lucky that the right people heard it and record and all that kind of. I was really lucky, basically. Sure. I mean, I, <laughs> does that sound like luck? A 14-year-old <laughs> sending a bunch of demo? That doesn't, that sounds more act active than luck. Uh, but I get, I, I get that there's like a little bit of luck in yeah. there. But that's also like a very... Would you call them and be like, did you get my package? <laughs> I did. <laughs> you didn't respond to my email. Yeah, you didn't respond <laughs> No, I was, no, I just sent them and was like, really chancing my luck. I was like, just yeah. to see what happens. And You're, and what what would you say about yourself? When you when you sent the thing, like, what would be in that package? It's like just a tape or is it like, hey, this is me, here's where I'm from? I don't think I was that descriptive. I was just like, this is it. And I don't like, you're not going to want to miss this. No, I should have. Now, like, on reflection, should have been more like, this is the best thing you've ever heard. <laughs> but I was more like, maybe you'll like this. I don't know, question mark at the end of everything. Like, Friday X. Yeah. I'd, I just kind of sent it. I think I had help from my mom. It was like Chris Jenner at the time. She was like giving me an extra hand on how to sure. market myself. <laughs> but yeah, it went well, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems... It seems it's kind of right. So you... the. 
your some of your songs played on the radio. What happened next? So like I sent an awful demo that I recorded myself in my room to this like radio uploader, which was Radio One in the UK, which is like the the big the guy, the one. And sounds it, like it. Radio yeah, One. Radio like, One. Ooh. It's never gonna be radio. Unique name. It's never gonna be Radio Two. <laughs> no. That's the big guy. No, this is number one. It's gonna be one. Yeah. And uh the a guy called Phil Tiger played it and he like edited the song to have less white noise because it was all like static, like shh kind of in the thing. So he got rid of that to play it and played it. And then from there kind of a lot of other people got in touch with me and were like, What what are you about? Like what's your what do you what is this? And then I don't know, I did lots of shows and eventually signed like deals and yeah. managers and all that kind of stuff. In just the happened. beginning were you using your um were you which uh were you going by just your human born name or were you going by Soak at the time? I was going at Soak from like the offset kind of And where did that come from? <laughs> I hate that question. It's such Sorry. A, it's just an awful story. Like, I just wish I had something interesting to say, but I don't. It's like, oh my, I had these bands that had these dumb names as well. And then I asked my mom, and <laughs> she was like, what should I call myself? So I thought my actual name was Boring, which now I feel like is actually more interesting than the Silk thing, because my full name is Brady Mons Watson. Yeah, you've got a cool it's, name. It sounds cool, I think. I also don't even know, is is Brady a, is that like a popular name in Ireland? Bridget? Is, oh, that's what it is. But I that's, don't like that at all. It's a, it's a shortened version of Bridget. Well, mine's isn't. And like when I was a kid, I was really forceful, but okay. it was so unattached. Got it. But most people are like Bridie and Bridget. That's and just Bridie. Got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it, like people would have that name. People would use it's the, a common. It's a common yeah. nickname. Okay, got it's it. It's like kind of a granny name, more so. I didn't know any kids <laughs> my age that I was like, oh, you're Bridie too. Yeah. It, there was a chippy, like a takeaway near me called Bridie's, and that was it. So. I was set up pretty well. So you were like, F this, I'm going to create a different name that people are going to ask me about for the rest of my life. Exactly. Yeah. And when I asked my mom, I was like, what do you think I should be called? And she said, my music sounded like soul and folk at the time. So soak is soul and folk combined. That's not a bit, why, I mean, do you really think that's an annoying answer? I think it's awful. Like, why? Because I don't sound like soul or folk, I think. All right, yeah. Maybe, but like, I don't know, I just feel like it's really like... Deep and meaningful, and so not. You know, it's so <laughs> folk, and it's not really. Oh, yeah. But it is now. It's just stuck. Now so it's just this too is late just, to switch. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, mm. rats. Yeah. Well, you know, here's what you could do: come up with a totally different story. Like, if the name has to stay, the story definitely doesn't. Exactly. I tried it, but I just, it's not that many great stories I could come up with. Um, I referenced rain before, and that was yeah, awful yeah, yeah. and cringy, and. I feel like it's just good to stick to the boring story. Right, sure, sure, Until sure, I come sure. up with, like, I need a ghostwriter to, like, come up with something really Yeah, talk to me intense after. I'm sure I can come up cool. with, like, a... a <laughs> you want it to be really intense? Okay. Yeah, I want, like, an intense, like, yeah. with, like, a good payoff at the end, like, <laughs> success kind of... Yeah, sure. I've thought about it for a while. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah. So do you... Do you do you just do you just dislike what it stands for, or do you now just like kind of dislike the? Well, now I'm stuck moniker. with it. So I'm trying to be like, yeah, so cool. Like it's, I yeah. like that it's like, like four word, four words, four letters. Like that is it done. You can't complain. Yeah, you know it's immediate. Sure. And, uh, easy to put on a ticket. Yeah. Easy to put on a marquee. Thanks. Exactly. These things are true. Yeah. Better than peeing in the dark. 
Peeing in the dark, bit. very difficult on a marquee. <laughs> yeah, sometimes a lot of around the side. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I don't hate it. I just wish I had a better story. Well, um, good thing after you said it, it wasn't being taped. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Secret safe with me. I'll never tell anybody. Great. Thank you. How old are you now? What age person are you? I'm 22. That's a very. Um, and how long have you been touring, like internationally or even nationally? Um, since I just turned sixteen to nine, kind of like yeah, everywhere. I thought it was like around that time. Yeah, it's a very intense time to start touring because touring is really hard. I don't know what you, I don't know how you yeah. feel about touring. I feel like it's I agree. It's pretty lonely. It's pretty hard on your body. Mm. Um, it's hard sometimes to get the things you need. And uh, I would imagine, like, I'm also, you know, I'm, like, 37, so I might be, you know, like, a little bit how to be bossy or specific <laughs> about what I need and, like, not fully. Yeah. But I'm imagining, like, a 16-year-old out on the road, like, that seems really challenging. Yeah. What that, was it like? Um, really hard. I th- it was a weird mix because it was really hard in terms of, like, being alone and doing, I mean, being far away from home, being alone, being in like a brand new environment, quite a trialing environment, whilst also being like, this is the most privileged thing I could do. Like, I'm so lucky to have this opportunity. Yeah, course, so it's yeah. like this weird, I don't know, it was like a lot of good and a lot of bad at the same time. More more good. But I think at the time of doing those tours and stuff when I was younger, I was, I just like, I just lapped it up, I guess. I was just so excited to be there and I was living my dream and it was great. And I think the more I did it and the longer I was away from home, and especially when you're like 16, you're like still no idea who you are. I was I was convinced I did know what I was about. So I think when I stopped her and that was the like the most pivotal point where I was I just recognized that I kind of had been living the same life for a while and avoiding a lot of my real life back at home because I was in a completely different place. So I enjoyed it, but I learned a lot. Yeah. I'm, I also feel like, I don't know if you feel like this, but when I when I go out on the road, um, look, I think I'm a nice person that thinks about other people, but I truly forget that other people have experiences while I'm gone. I just kind of mm. think like that the that – the world has paused while I've been somewhere else. <laughs> um, and then I'll, I will, you know, like I'll have somebody that's like my really good friend, but then I haven't seen them in like, you know, three months or something. And yeah. maybe even to them, we're less good friends because they've had all this other time with other people that yeah. I like just forgot about because I was it was frozen. I just thought they were frozen. I thought yeah. they were frozen in time and I forgot that they kept living. Things just like come back to life as you yeah. returned. And yeah. And, but I think like, you know, the the age that I am now, I think maybe people are like a little bit more understanding or like they've got other stuff going on. They're like, then, then like one of my kids, my friends will just like have a child. So it's like, well, I, you also have reasons that you're like, that you fucked off or whatever. But yeah, when you're 16, kind of everybody's like really going through everything all together, you yeah. know? And then like you step out of that when you went back in. Yeah. Could, like, could you even talk to anybody? I'm just like, you, you like have all this experience. It's like this weird adult experience. Yeah. They've been like having whatever 16 year old experiences yeah it was like for a couple years I would go away a lot and there was 
a year or two where I was not like around for ever any more than two weeks at a time. So I was missing out a lot, but I was contently doing so because I was like having a life separate. And then when I come home, it felt like a big celebration and a big event that I was home. And I have lots of, we used to hang around this cafe called Cafe Soul where I'm from. And like all, like all my friends were a big group. So I come back and like, I have memories of hiding in bins. It sounds weird, but like I would hide in a bin and then my friends would come out of school and like come out to the smoking area and I'd be there and they'd be like, what the fuck? It'd be amazing. But, um, so you're like, that a hero. you're like a returning hero for a while. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I've just succeeded the world. Look right, at me right, go. Right. Yeah. Like Amelia Earhart. Like, and they're really yeah. jazzed. Like, oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, I can't believe you just did that. But, right. And like, that was great for the first while. But, you know, when everybody finishes school and decides what they're going to do for university or the future of their life. And there was a point I definitely returned from turn and it wasn't the same. I wasn't like a celebration anymore. It was like, oh, you're back. But. I still have to go to my job or I still have to go to university. And I was like, it was never like that before. And that's when it became really real that we were all on different, really separate kind of, you know, I don't want to say past, but like, I don't know, different futures were coming about. Yeah. yeah. Who did you find to hang out with during that time? Like other musicians? No, like where I'm from, like everybody's kind of very familiar with each other because there's not mm. that many people around. And I always had a really close friend group for like all my teen years and stuff. And when I came, when I like had finished her in my first record and was ready for some downtime, everyone had left where I was from. Right. So I came home and just ended up in, I guess I was prepared for this like success, like successful, like meeting everyone again and celebration and stuff like that. And when I returned, it was more like everybody was gone and I was just in this desert and it was a really hard kind of thing to come to grips with that people weren't celebrating my return anymore. And I was, I don't know, it was just, it was sad. Right. I guess that's what I'm asking. Like in that moment, who did you find to connect with? No one? Uh, no one really. Yeah. Like all my best friends had moved. Yeah. And the way I kind of dealt with that was that I eventually just moved too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I think I'd kind of come back to a time that like, I suppose it was limited in what it could provide just because of its situation where it was and I'd experienced so much of the world that when I came to that I wanted more and I tried to relish what was around me and really appreciate what I had and being near my family after a while and things like that but I just I just wasn't satisfied which sounds selfish in a way but I just I needed to leave again no yeah I guess I don't, I don't know that that's so selfish I guess I'm asking that question because there are actually like a lot of people who I know who do my job. Yeah. Because when you start out in comedy, it is, it like requires, um, you know, like you only have five minutes. And so there's, so every show has like seven performers on it. So you know everybody. Yeah. And then that just kind of continues forever. So yeah. even now, like I only perform usually by myself or with like some openers. But I still have, like, the commonality. Even if I don't see people, it's yeah. like we've lived some common experiences. Yeah. Or my friends who are musicians, I, I feel like we've lived some common experiences. But yeah. I don't know that musicians all know each other. Like, they didn't all come up. You know, it's like there yeah. isn't the same just, like, starting 10 years of being in the back of the same open mic. Yeah. So I don't know, like, I don't know then if you 
get to have that community like that sense yeah. of people that are like oh, i know what it's like to sleep on a bus or whatever because <laughs> I, f- I feel like that's it's not like I don't even I don't even like all comics. Yeah, certainly not. Yeah, but it still is nice to have people that know what you're talking. Get about. Get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I think that was another kind of interesting thing of coming home after, you know, like touring and living in kind of a more adult world. I guess was coming back to people who didn't know what it was like to be a wife for that long and didn't know what it's like to walk around the city and be the only one there that you know and right. things like that. And more so, I didn't really have musician friends at the time. Or like musician friends that had toured and were kind of doing the same thing. So I had no one that I could really, like, I guess, talk to about shared experience and, you know, confide in about that, which felt more isolating on top of already kind of doing a lot of solo things. Sure. Yeah. And then how do you... Okay, ready? So I'm going to make this I'm gonna make this sound even lonelier and sadder <laughs> okay, before great. we, like, come back to your enormous success at the end. Yeah, great. This is all a very long definition of why your name is Soak. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's just one hour. Um, <laughs> OMGYes.com is a sexual pleasure research website. Yes! I love this. They've partnered with researchers at Indiana University and the Kinsey Institute to distill the wisdom of over 20,000 people with vulvas age 18 to 95 to find out what actually makes pleasure better. They publish the finding in scientific journals and then turn the biggest insights into beautiful and super practical videos and animations at omgyes.com. If you know anything about me, you know that I am extremely in favor of sex ed. I also, I'm here to tell you, I didn't get any of it. So when I heard OMGS wanted to sponsor the podcast, I was over the moon. I love what they're doing. I love their animations. Just head over and check it out. Go to OMGS.com. Get $10 off the newly released season two at omgs.com slash query. That's omgs.com slash query. Yes. This week's episode of Query is sponsored by Tomboy X. Tomboy X, yes, they make the underwear that I wear. Kick-ass, gender-neutral underwear for all bodies, all genders, all sizes, and all the ways you see yourself. But now, they are introducing a swimwear collection. What? They've got swim shorts, swim halters, swim racer back tops, swim board shorts, and swim unisuits. All available all available in fun seasonal prints and cool Caribbean colors. Hop out of the gender norms that you've been subscribing to and hop into a Tomboy X swimsuit. You can go to tomboyx.com slash Cameron to check out their awesome swimsuit collection. And you'll get 15% off when you use the code Cameron. That's my name. Again, that's the code Cameron for 15% off. Go to tomboyx.com slash Cameron, tomboyx.com slash Cameron. How do you identify? Like me as a person? Yeah. Uh... I don't really like, know. Like, I'm speaking in, like, gender and sexuality yeah, terms. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you don't have to have any specific answer, yeah. but I'm just curious if you do. Yeah, I am. Um, I don't, I've, I'm, like, already starting difficult to put it, but I may have grown up, like, gay as, like, my whole life. It's been my vibe. Gender-wise, I don't really, <laughs> <laughs> I've never really called it anything. I don't feel like, 
I like to think that, oh, I don't know, it's, the gay thing is so complicated in general. And we had, I had a very interesting discussion earlier about the umbrella of the word queer and everything that lies beneath that. And I feel like right now in my life, that feels like the most defining thing for me is just queer in general, because I don't, gender-wise, I don't really identify as anything. I don't care for that word. Like, I just don't, I don't know. I don't care. I'm fine with that. And, like, sexuality-wise, I have a girlfriend, and I like her a bit. (laughs) And I've always been that way inclined. But I feel like queer right now feels, satisfies me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that word, too. Yeah. Um, When, so in that moment, you're, you already had identified your queerness like you yeah, already forever that was kind a, of forever yeah <laughs> from being a teeny person yeah well not like a teeny I'm quite sure so like I've always been a teeny person <laughs> I mean like a very young person well like from I knew I was very vocal about it um I was like like my friend my parents are very like hippie-ish and were always really accepting of anything I did and really into arts and so I knew when I came out that it was like chill. Like I didn't ever have a fear and I was really lucky to be that way. So I know I came out when I was like 13 and that was it. And mm-hmm. it was never, ever a thing. What about like school, community? Like is uh, the size town that you're from, like is it is there like a queer population there that yeah. you could like yeah, s- what? slide into? <laughs> it's like creeping. Hi, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a th- it's, I was really, really lucky that – where I'm from is like politically had over the years like a lot of it's been messy but and yet it's kind of defied odds because where I'm from like when I came out I immediately knew people in my school that were gay immediately like I feel like the second I came out I was just like just into this community of people that really welcomed me and Derry has this amazing gay pride that like we were a really small place but we still have like thousands of people that come to Pride every year and they still host like a huge event. And I mean, I can't really speak for anyone else because I've never been a victim of anything. I've always had a really easy life as myself and really never like, you know, experienced homophobia really. Um, but I feel like Derry was a really safe place for me to be myself. And growing up, I never questioned, you know, being open about that. Fuck yeah. Yeah, the dream. <laughs> so lucky. What about when you were touring? Did that continue to be the case? Pretty much, yeah. I've literally, like, yeah, I always talk about it with such, like, just, like, privilege, really. I feel so lucky that that's the way because I know it's really typically not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I, I've toured with queer artists before. Like, one of my first ever tour was with Tegan and Sarah, so... Pretty out there immediately. But who are they? <laughs> so like, yeah. No, touring has been pretty easy for me, I think. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess so. I don't know. It almost seems like you feel like your like shoulders are slumping down. Like almost <laughs> like this is like shameful, like a shameful thing to admit. Like I've like been fine. Yeah. But I just want you to know, like, I mean, we're not like so far apart in age that I like truly could be like in a parental role to you. But like <laughs> I, we are generations apart in terms of queerness. Yeah. And uh, like this is the dream, you know, this yeah. is the dream of my generation. The generations ahead of me would, would be that you would say this thing. Yeah, so. that it's completely chill. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it's it's also, like, not true for everyone your age. Exactly. And uh, not true for everybody younger than you, but, like, if that was your experience, awesome, because yeah. that just means, like, that you're somebody who can, you know, like, roll that experience into generations. Exactly. Like, when, 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 like, folks 
my age or talking to folks your age uh, or like generation to generation, that makes more sense to me than age because like so many things have changed for queer folks that it just like age really doesn't say it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And it's and especially like so much here in the States changed like um, like the I'm really like the first I was um, 20. I was your age. When marriage equality was legalized in the first – in Massachusetts, which is where I lived at the time, which was the first state in really? the U.S. Um, to legalize same-sex marriage. I lived there. I was your age. And, you know, like 22 is kind of – it's like the beginning of adulthood in a lot of ways in the states. It's it's like kind of the age you are when you graduate from college. And yeah. Not everybody goes to college, but some people do. And it's like your early 20s feels like that – like – I guess like technically 18 is an adult, you know, yeah, legally, but then but you're like, really. you look back at that. You're like, oh, like, I was you know, <laughs> 18 is just like, it's just like an age that still needs some protection and like extra care. It's like, yeah. Um, then you get to 22. You're like, yeah, that is some, somebody who like has some um, responsibilities and some things in the world. I'm like really literally like if I was a year older, I would have already been out in the world and an adult yeah. without my rights. Like. <laughs> I am actually like the cutoff yeah. my ages. So it's um you know, I think like the difference between being 22 and 37 it's like it might as well be 200 <laughs> <million> human years. <laughs> 1 million years. <laughs> but I am surprised to hear I don't know. I guess I'm like I mean, I've been to Ireland. I don't know why I thought I guess it's my own, uh, I guess it's my own, because y'all just got the, <laughs> we just got, just got abortion stuff. like four yeah. seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, like yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, uh, and wait, marriage equality was, was two or three years yeah, ago? Yeah, it was like within, recent. yeah, I remember yeah. tweeting some sort of Irish flag emoji or something <laughs> like that, very, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Yeah, so I guess I'm surprised to hear that, but that's my own self, I don't know. Thinking yeah. about Catholicism <laughs> affecting. Well, it's, I mean, like, you're not wrong as well, because in the South, we have marriage equality, which I'm not from, technically. I'm right. from the northern part, so we're still illegal. So, still oh, half see, and, and then half. I was going to also ask that question. <laughs> Wait, so, Derry is in Northern Ireland? Yes. Just on, like, the edge. I always say, like, top left is where we are. Huh. But, yeah, just on the edge. So the not Catholicism, still, still stuck. What is still stuck? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like gay marriage illegal still. Got it. Still got it. Yeah. Religious kind of. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> but just on the edge. I mean, like, it's weird because in Northern Ireland, our government is just like, it's just crude in general. Like, it's they haven't sat together for like two years now. Just as inactive. Wait, what do you mean? Oh, I, I'm so sorry to <laughs> make you give me a world politics lesson, no, but I think you might be doing that right now. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah. I don't know my stuff to give like but you're accurate giving me vague stuff, but ideas. generally, okay. yeah, generally, don't kill me anyone. But where I so this is a little tiny part of Ireland. Actually, I have a map right here. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for uh, showing me. Your arm. <laughs> this is yeah. like Northern Ireland. Yep, and everything else is Southern. Yep. technically. Uh, I'm from here. Okay. Tiny bit. Perfect. And um, yeah, so basically our government just hasn't 
they just disagree. They don't really like each other. It's always been not great there polit- politically. And um, yeah, that doesn't work. Southern wise, they got the vote for gay marriage a couple of years ago. It's amazing, great, wonderful. Uh, in the north, I, I'm not sure if it's. I know it's been like talked about, and they've you know discussed it a couple times in government. They've just been like, nah, nope, not gonna happen. And there's still people fighting for that, and hopefully it's like achieved. But we still have diff- a lot of different rules and laws from the southern right. Part. Yes, yeah. I didn't realize that yeah. we were talking about Northern Ireland. Uh, yeah, that yeah. yes, it's weird. <laughs> well, sh- I mean, not so weird. Yeah, I'm not from, that I'm different from here. Have you read anything about our political <laughs> situation? Oh, yeah, it's not the best place in <laughs> the world like, right you're now. You're like, oh, yeah. shit in Ireland is, like, pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I, well, yes. We don't qualify in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Things are pretty weird here, too. Not great. Yeah, no, it's not so great. Before you were in L.A., where were you right before this? Or are you on, like, a big U.S. tour right now? No. I've had a weird couple of weeks, to be honest. I was in America— like a week ago and we did a couple of shows here like a couple in the east coast and just one in LA and then I flew back to where'd I go uh, Manchester and then I went to Berlin and then I I'm s- back here I saw you had so some shows like, over the wait you've been there since yeah like I like in <laughs> the in the interim <laughs> yeah like I went home for like a, well I swear none of it, weird plans kind of came together and then was here for a little while when to Manchester for a couple of days, went to Berlin, and then I came back here. And that, yeah, I'm still like in weird time zones and stuff. And Yeah, me too. Yeah. I've, I flew in from New York and like came here to the studio. So, so I feel very strange. Well. Yeah. But you, I think I was complaining to um, my sound engineer, Jordan, about how tired I was, but um, I didn't go to <laughs> Germany within the last <laughs> two days. <laughs> so... Like probably can suck it up. I feel okay though. I heard that uh, Berlin is an awesome place to perform if you're queer. I wish that I. One thing that stinks if you uh, tell jokes out of your mouth <laughs> is that it's kind of important if the people in the audience have like a very good command of English. Yeah. And I don't just mean like like many many people in the world speak English because like. We are dumb, and uh, we only speak English. Limited. So many people speak uh, <laughs> our language, but uh, you have to, like, know it really well. Versus, like, if you're yeah. a musician, it kind of is, like, people can enjoy music in a lot of different ways. Yeah. They don't have to, like, they don't have to be able to track the punchline. Yeah. It does like wordplay. Yeah. <laughs> it helps a little bit. But yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you can get by. Yeah. 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 So how, how was Berlin? It was cool. I, uh, with my girlfriend, we, what we did, we just like had a really nice laid back time. We were really chill people, so we just kind of like looked at things and smiled and that was it. <laughs> Cycled around a little bit. How, how long have you been seeing this person? For like over a year now. Yeah. It's cool. Is that a very long <laughs> relationship in your, in your... In my life. Yeah. Only because you said for over a year, I got yeah, the oh idea. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I've good like, yeah. Noticed. I yeah. noticed it, yeah. 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 I... I guess my only other real girlfriend was when I was like 15 and that was like a year but it was weird so yeah she's my friend now so I can say it's weird but like yeah what was weird about it well we were really young and kind of I don't know I mean it was enjoyable but it's like 15 and really immature oh sure yeah 
You know, it was my first like relationship ever too. So yeah, I think you're supposed to be immature at 15. Yeah, well, potentially. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty positive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think, I'm, yeah, yeah. I definitely was like doing my job. Yeah, you well. were. You were taking all the boxes. Yeah. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said uh, boxes. <laughs> um, but anyway, but uh, 15 and man, okay, all right. You know, I mean, I feel like. Because another thing that's, like, so specific for a lot of folks that are, like, maybe uh, have a different experience is that I, you know, like, my first my first experiences dating were with men. Um, and so, like, also immature. Yeah. But also, like, weird. You know? <laughs> I just mean, it's, they're really nice guys. Yeah. But, uh, but it was just like very like I didn't I didn't feel um a like swoony way yeah. about them. And so I didn't like really understand what everybody else was talking about. Like that's kind of what I yeah. when I look back on it, it's not like I didn't like the guys that I was seeing, but my friends were all talking about the guys they were seeing yeah. in this way that I was like is that wait what are you <laughs> yeah. talking about <laughs> yeah are we doing the same thing because i really like hanging out with you guys <laughs> more you yeah know? or like in a different way or whatever um but i can't imagine if i had actually been like at that age been like fumbling around with somebody i really wanted to date because i had like crushes yeah but i didn't ever get to spend like actual hangout time yeah. with them. oh man i i can't tell if i'm like jealous or if it was like kind of there's a certain way where it was like also kind of rad to figure it out yeah I feel like well I don't feel like I missed out in terms of boys or yeah, anything sure fair enough but I'm like I would be interested to have known how I felt and like how I was in that scenario because I just it's so like non-existent to yeah. me I've just always had like I've always kind of been one of the guys so I just had all these guy friends oh yeah and I've always felt like intertwined in their experiences with girls because I always felt like I was just watching like they would have girlfriends and I would too so I'd be like cool chill like this is normal you know yeah wow yeah it's strange I guess but oh no that's actually really cool yeah that's like a really cool and interesting yeah sure because because in, <laughs> in high school I felt very different from the guys in my class you know like also like gender norms are such that it was literally like don't be friends with like a girl you know like that yeah. was very but I know there were a lot of, like, what you're describing, I certainly know a lot of folks who, like, were cultured female or raised as, as women, but then, like, had, like, all dude friends around them. But I'm loving, like, yeah. thinking about that as specifically <laughs> when you all have girlfriends. Like, that's adorable. Yeah. It was really cool. And everybody was, like, really chill about it, too, so there was no, nobody felt weird about asking me how I was with a certain person or, like... If I wanted to hang out with this person and them, it was just like normal. Yeah. I was really, uh, yeah. I always feel really like happy and lucky when I look back at my teenage kind of life and how easy I had it. Do you it still fun. know those guys that you were really good friends with? Are those people? That A lot of them, yeah. yeah. I guess less familiar than I was then, but still on good terms with most of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Because I also have like some specific questions, I guess, about that in terms of, you know, um, because, like, there's this, there's this stuff that could happen in terms of homophobia and stuff, but then there's also some other, like, 
weird like misogyny stuff that could happen yeah. if you have a bunch of dude friends and then like you're the successful one because yeah. it turns out we're like we're all cultured to think that like that should actually be the guy in the group mm-hmm. of friends like that yeah so like did those dude friends like support I was what you're I was really good at football. <laughs> I think that that like people looked at me different because I was good. I was a girl and I was not shit at football. So people were like, it's a god. And I got <laughs> amongst kind of, I was always like a really tomboy. So I went to this secondary school. Well, like throughout school, I was always friends with the guys. It was, just, it was easier for me. I don't know. I just was that way. And in secondary school, especially, I was really good at football and I really enjoyed football and like running around with the guys and I just wasn't interested in any of the typically girl things. Mm -hmm. So I guess I just ended up with this group of guys and they respected that I was like a decent player. And I guess when you're in secondary school and you're good at football and that's how the playground works, you gain points. So they... They were nicer to me, I suppose, than if I was shit at football, and then yeah. they would have been more harsh. Thank God you were really good at football. Thank God, yeah. I don't know what would have happened. Would I don't trash. know either. Never, <laughs> no, no music career. No, nothing. And you have a backing band now? Like, it's you singing, but you have a backing yeah. band. Yeah. And, and those people tour with you? Mm-hmm. And wh- who's in that? Like, So, for years it was me. Then it was me, Tommy, and James. And Tommy made my first record and he's like I think it's quite interesting or dynamic because I'm 22 Tommy's 35-ish James is like 35-ish they both have kids and then we did that for a while and it was great and then now we have Sophie just joined the band and she's another queer person and I find a lot it's been really exciting to tour with another gay person and then when we go places we can kind of like explore our little world that I guess the guys couldn't really they come and they go to like places we go but they were never going to introduce me to that stuff. Sure. So Sophie's a bit older and I feel like she's kind of like a big sister and she's showing me more of the queer world that I haven't seen yet. And we and I just it's really nice to have another girl on the road because it was always guys. That's why I was going to ask. Yeah. Which is like I loved having the guys around. They're great. They're like really good friends of mine. But to have Sophie is like a really amazing dynamic now because they would get on really well and I guess I feel more freedom to be like, oh, let's do this because you're like-minded and you're going to enjoy if we go to this weird like softball bar and we're, we, went, <laughs> we went to one in like Washington or something recently. It was really fun. And I would never have done that with like Tommy and James been like, let's go to a softball bar. So it's really cool. Like specifically a softball bar? Literally, yeah. <laughs> it was like, we got to the venue, I walked in the street for a walk. It was like the first thing I saw, I text Sophie, she was texting me the exact same thing. <laughs> and I would have to go to check it out. And then we did, and we were like, this is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I, I, I think, I mean, again, just because of like who's encouraged to play music, to play instruments and like become professional musicians, so much more likely to be dudes. So a lot of times, if you're like a woman, non binary person, whatever, and you like are fronting a band, you're probably going to have like some heavily dude, <laughs> dude bands. A lot of boys. Yeah, yeah. Around you, which is why I was asking that, that question because I was like, I wonder if it's just like still, if you've like <laughs> been like recreating the whole dynamic the, your whole time. But we're like pushing out now, like yeah. trying to see who we can, yeah, exactly. who we can find. Sure, right. Yeah, it's fun. I like to go do, I like to do queer stuff on the road. I think that, um, especially in like the last couple of years, because well, I have no idea what's going on in Ireland, but I'll say in the States, one thing that's been happening is that, um, you know, internet dating made it so, well, first of all, 
queer people stopped having to worry so much about being like punched in the face or slash worse if they approach somebody in the and it's the wrong person, you yeah. know, like so we didn't necessarily need like the safety mm-hmm. of like the gay bar. And then internet dating made it so that we didn't need the like hookupiness of the gay bar. And so like lesbian bars are dying out, especially lesbian yeah. bars are dying out really hard and uh and gay bars are dying out all over the place too. So I always like to go um when they're when Still they here. exist. Because yeah. I because we like actually don't have have um a lesbian bar in Los Angeles. Really? Yes. That feels really strange. It closed. Like the really? ones that were here closed. There's like there's like gay bars, you know, yeah. that are like that have like, in, but there isn't like a specific place yeah, that isn't. is the one. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I actually I watched because I I've been interested in that as well. I watched like a thing with J D Sampson in it. And stuff oh yeah, like of that. course. And they're on about how all the gay bars are dying as well. Yep. And, it is sad. Like, I feel sad because I don't get the experience, but I imagine it's more sad for the people who are used to that or have come accustomed to places and then it just dies. Right. Well, I mean, I yeah. think the places that it's that they still are, like, going really strong based on – this is, like, anecdotal evidence <laughs> based on my touring. But because uh, I've been going, like, mad the last couple of years, and it seems like whenever I'm in a place that's, like – a smaller place or with like a lot of rural area around it, then like that will have like a really awesome game, yeah. which of course makes sense. And I'm sure that's like, you know, also something JD was talking about or something or whatever. I'm sure that's in there, but it is like fascinating to see it, yeah. like to see it with your own eyes. Cause yeah. um, like I went to some really cool ones in like Texas. Cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, like a, a cow, like a honky tonk one Whoa. where there, there was line dancing. I know. Great. Right. That. Uh, yes, that's cool. Yes. A, a lesbian karaoke bar in Nashville that's really amazing called Lipstick Lounge. Wow! Shout out to Lipstick Lounge. That's it was so good. good. I went back the next night. <laughs> double, double. <laughs> yes, night. you had to, the one. The one I went to was called I think Pictures in Washington. Well, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Like in like in like Seattle area. No, like uh, like Washington, the other one. DC? Yeah, the other one. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what it's pictures. called. That one. Yeah, yeah, really cool. I've actually. I think it was like my first, like I've been in gay bars, but never like a lesbian bar. So oh, it was like. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. I yeah. was happy for myself and also like surprisingly intimidated. Oh, sure. I, yeah, I wasn't aware that I would feel like that. But I was like, I don't know, it felt like a whole new world. It was it was cool. Um, when are you going back to New York? Uh, in June, I think. I have a recommendation for you. You should go yeah. to a place called The Cubby Hole. It's very fun Hole. and it has like a cool vibe and it is a lesbian bar. There's multiple oh. lesbian bars in New York, but that's a really fun one. Okay. Cubby, Cubby Hole. Hole. Okay. Keep so, it in your brain. Write it down. Yeah. Yeah. Write it on this table and then take the table, <laughs> take with, the table with me. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Cool. So you're here in LA for a couple more days or for like a while? I literally got here yesterday, and yeah. I leave on Thursday. Friend. <laughs> it's intense. I'm so happy for um, your ability to fucking do that. Congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's lucky, yeah. 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 And then you go back home? No. Maybe. You go somewhere else. I sh- maybe. I, I think I go home for a little while. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> That'd be good. Home is Manchester, and what is Home is Manchester. And- how often are you there these days? I'm recently not so much, but for a little while I'll be there and then I go off and do the tour a bit. 
which it's good to have best of both yeah. worlds. Yeah, excited. Yeah. So like, I, here's the here's the follow up question. So since I didn't get to go to your show, um, audience members, if you look out, does it look like to you like it's a lot of queer folks in the audience? Yeah. And um, does it look like to you like age wide age range? Like if you had to guess, is it like like younger folks? Is it like a wide range it's really i mean like some shows we get a lot of i don't say kids because i am one technically but like 18 to like 30 year olds and then sometimes we just get like wild cards and we have like 60 year olds there as well so yeah yeah. but it's generally like a queer audience and yeah very proud of that and yeah quite a diverse selection of people i guess and i guess i'm curious like so because a lot of folks, I think, also developed, like, because you seem, like, so comfy with, you know, you're, like, stoked that there's queerness in your audience. You're, like, stoked to say that you're queer. You're coming out. And yeah. I think a lot of times folks had in the past, like, pride because the messages that they were given outside of themselves mm-hmm. were that they were shit. And so then you, like, develop this thing over time where you're, like, no, I'm actually proud of who I am. And, like, yeah. and I wonder what the experience of like having an identity like like that is like and i mean obviously you've only lived your life you don't know the, the mm-hmm. alternative but like where does that pride come from for you because i think for me some of it is like that it was so hard to to figure out who i was and it was so hard to um like fight for my place in the world and yeah and uh like it's tied to that for me yeah so what does it feel like for you if you could try to put it into words um well i kind of so i've like it's never been an issue to my family or anything you know me being gay but I went through a phase of when I started getting immediate attention and doing stuff when I was like 16 I shied away from it because I was scared of being judged and I was scared of that whole environment and being I didn't want to be just a gay musician and that be like my thing like oh that's the gay one like you know I I didn't want to be defined as that so I shied away from doing all that media and things like that and then the gay vote came about in Ireland and I saw that I could be a spokesperson for that huge moment. And I wanted those, I wanted people to have gay marriage. I wanted to be an option. And I kind of just changed my whole dynamic of not wanting to, I didn't want anything to do with it for a while. And it felt really empowering and I felt really supported to, to then support that movement and just be honest about what I wanted and who I was. And it felt really good to, I don't know, just like be part of a community like that. And from that point, I think that's what I feel. I feel like I always say as time, like I've never, I don't even know my life, but I know before my time, it was really, really difficult for people to be gay. And and it still is from so many places. And I think in the time that I kind of avoided doing media, but I forgot that there's still places that aren't as okay as I am. And once I recognized that there are still, well, I just like, stop being dumb for a second I was like oh shit people are still conversion shit still happens and all that I realized that every time someone publicly speaks out and normalizes how normal it just is and reminds people of it it's just not a deal um that's a step in the right direction I think that's a privilege to be able to be in that position and that's I feel good to do that and I like doing that I love that. I can relate to that so much. I really can, you know? I mean, I definitely started, uh, I mean, maybe it's a little different only in that, like, 
if you're up there singing, you can be a little, a little, maybe um, specific about the details, or or you're like, yeah, like use this pronoun or whatever. Yeah. You get it, you know. But like if you're um, doing stand up, it's like it's so it's like so literal. Yeah, it's more intense that uh, folks know, like you know, the whole deal. But I definitely felt um, for a long time like that it was really important to me to be mainstream was like the word that folks used yeah. as an alternative to queer, to be a mainstream artist and mm-hmm. um, really want to have like mainstream success. And uh, it's so offensive looking back. <laughs> like I am actually a mainstream person. Like I do actually <laughs> live on like a, a, a like a street yeah. <laughs> where there's like people around me and I have like In a In a country on the world. Yeah, like yeah. exactly. Like I am, I am, um, like I might have like this jacket, but like I do also. Drink water. Yeah, I drink water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I feel, um, you know, I have really had to, I've really reevaluated that over a lot of years. And um, even something like, you know, this podcast where I talk to folks and just like get a bunch of different queer stories. I, that's like something I never, I don't think, could have imagined I would have wanted to do because it's like, oh, she's like gay again. Like every <laughs> talking about week, it again. Gay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I, you know, I tr- <laughs> every week, I, gay. like she's gay every week, <laughs> every week with this gay. You know, um, but I, ne- but I never feel like I'm hearing the same story twice. On no, because it's I, like just human conversation, right? Yeah, it's different every time. Yeah, and then I also people always talk to me about it at shows, you know, like, and I, then I had to remember like, okay, but like, who am I doing this for? Like, am I doing this for, Mm. um, like the, like whatever, like mythical straight man, like doesn't want to be disturbed. Cause I think I was always imagining him like, Mm. you know, um, being bothered by my presence. So just trying to make myself smaller so that it would be okay. Yeah. To pass by unnoticed. Exactly. Um, and so whatever, (laughs) <laughs> Mythical straight guy doesn't buy tickets to my shows anyway. Mm-mm. Like sometimes he does. By the way, Every, I have like a lot of cool. I have like a lot of cool straight men that come see me. But I just mean like the <laughs> mythical one, the one yeah. I'm thinking of. Like the, like I'm craving that person's acceptance. Like the one, you know, the one. That yeah, I'm like I could. mythical, like omnipresent straight guy. The one that comments on YouTube videos. Yeah, he, yeah. him. That he guy comments on all YouTube videos. <laughs> he doesn't leave his house because he has to stay He's home busy. and do that. He works so. a hard job. Yeah, yeah. And the people that come see me don't, that's not what they say to me. So, yeah. Maybe I can just, like, <laughs> take some of that internalized homophobia and, like, uh, throw it in the trash and just do the things I want to do. See you later. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation. And yeah. we're, like, kind of at the part where um, I'm going to ask you about a queero, mm-hmm. which is a person or a place or a thing that made you feel comfy being the adult that you are now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I sometimes say adult. Human <laughs> that you are now. It doesn't. I don't know. I'm trying to work on ageism. <laughs> Am I doing a good job? Have I treated you as a peer? We're the same. Yeah. I feel I feel okay. Okay, great. Yeah. My queero yeah. um is difficult. I feel like I have a big selection, which is mm. good. Um uh, <laughs> I want to say Tegan and Sarah, which is two people. I'm gonna say three, but like them for the 13-year-old me that was, like, needed that so desperately. Um, but I recently, Andrea Gibson, who I know has been on the show, but she I toured with her, a, like, a little while ago, and she's just incredible. Just the, I've 
never. I remember watching her YouTube videos of her speak when I was really, really young, and it being my first kind of introduction to that world, and more so, kind of, just I've I've had never heard someone be that open about how they felt and not shy away from any element of their own internalized homophobia or unsure about who they were, and to hear her, can or them even sorry have this poetry about. Um, you know, their story and how they felt when they were younger and how they feel now. And that transition was really important to me to see how people could become themselves. Yeah. And I think they're just incredible. I've seen so many shows and I'm just constantly amazed, kind of. Wow, yeah. Yeah, they recently... They use they, right? They use they, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, all of those people also do a really good job of... Um, like promoting other folks who are queer folks. Yeah. Which I think it's like very important to shout out because many, many people for the exact reason we were just discussing have long not done that. You know, it's yeah. like you're like queer person, you get to the place where you're a headliner and you like couch yourself in all these other folks that might make you like more acceptable or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I just think that having been to some like their shows or knowing some of those folks Knowing, knowing all of them personally, I've been to all of their shows. Uh, every single show. Um, no. <laughs> I never miss one. Yeah, never miss a show. Every um, single night. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I just know that that's something that they're all trying to do. And it's, it's that's like, it's rad. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's yeah. really important too. So, um, because, it, because also the other thing is like, your audience is probably going to like yeah. this other person that, you know, might have, like, a different identity but have, like, some sort of tangential elements yeah. that, you know, that make sense mm -hmm. versus, like, fighting to find somebody scooped way outside yeah. of your, you know, your yeah. purview. Um, so it's, like, even a, it's, like, a favor you're doing your audience. Exactly. Like, yeah. 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 I agree. Well, um, it was so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for... You look so wide awake and bright eyed. <laughs> I'm never really surprised, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't wait to have a chance to actually see you in person. It will definitely happen. As you know, I go to all concerts ever, as I've just stated. Every night. So I, every, night, every night, I go to all concerts Don't every, miss one. every single night, except I only miss yours <laughs> that one time and never again. Never again. Yeah. Live in regret. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you very much. Yeah. Do you love Query so much you want a t-shirt? Well, guess what? All you got to do is head over to podswag.com slash query and get a Hey Queeros tee available in sizes extra small to 2XL. Friends, put that Queeros tee on your bodies. Podswag.com slash query. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.